that doom fatigue that we're all feeling because your brain is working overload. And... Oh, what's going on? Are we live yet, Andrew? Yeah, we're going live right now. Join Andrew Wall, Hector Garcia, and Michael Lee. One mission, one rule. Make accounting fun. Welcome to Friday Night Live with Accountants. Are you ready? Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we have a special guest with us. Um, welcome back again, Brad, who's been with us for the last couple of weeks. Kind of filling in for uh, for those other guys. I even forget their names now. We haven't seen them in so long. Hector? Hector like and some Michael guy. Yeah. Um, so as many of you know, Michael and Hector have been bombarded with, you know, COVID-19 and all this PPP stuff. Um, so they, they've, um, they've needed a bit of time for themselves. Um, so we're happily filling in and, and we've got a really special guest for us. Uh, I think uh, many of you, anyone who's been to a Cubing Connect conference probably knows Annie. Um, she was a huge player in the dev department, uh, ran their app showdowns, all of that. So if you were there, you I guarantee you saw her. Uh, she's now with Locate Inventory doing some pretty amazing things. And um, so, I, I mean, Annie, this is amazing to have you here with us. And I'm excited to hear your um, you know, the story of what it's like to work at a, a startup versus a large, what they, they call themselves the largest startup, right? Yeah. 30 yeah. year old startup or whatever Brad used to call it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, I feel like I'm a, a long time viewer, first time caller, uh, tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite a transition. I'm really, it's, it's been really fun though. It's, um, it's interesting when I just was talking to George, who's the founder of Locate, we were sitting looking at the beach um, in Long Beach at a restaurant. And he said, now this is going to be so different for you going from a you know, 9,000 person company to about a nine person company. And I was like, oh, you know, how different could it be? And uh, <laughs> man, I'll tell you, it's um, there is, it has been a, a learning curve. I'm sure the Locate team, if they're watching has and feel that, um, but it is so fun. And I feel, um, I'm just really grateful and excited to be there. So I've never worked for a large company. I've only yeah. ever worked for small companies. What are the pluses, what are the perks of working for a big company? What do you like about the big company? So, you know, I think there's, oh, I mean, there's a bunch. One was access to like, we, they had big budgets. So for instance, $100,000 to give away they could actually, they or I mean, they still do, um, Intuit impacts massive amounts of change and um, for, you know, has a huge reach, um, you know, 5 million customers. Um, so I think that's one, right? There's, you, you had a lot of um, access to that kind of influence. Um, the other thing is I think leadership. We had, we had, I've never worked with, you know, inc incredible leaders um, at Intuit. Um, and just like the things that they would do. So they would bring in amazing speakers. Um, we had collaborations with Google and, you know, these other heavy hitters in the Valley um, that you, we could just, you know, easily call on to get feedback. Um, and I think they just, and just a lot of heart. I think I, I loved working for Intuit. Um, I learned a lot. It pushed me harder than I ever thought I could be pushed. Um, and I think I just learned a lot about empathy um, for, now like the other side is the side I'm on, the small business of like, man, it's like the sweat and the blood and the tears and the, the crazy amount of hard work that goes into just, you know, 
moving the needle a little bit at a time. So um, that's the kind of the pluses. I would say the negatives of working at a huge company is that there are 9,000 people. So there are 9,000 people that have to approve something. So just even to publish a blog is hard versus at, you know, now at Locate, like someone has an idea and they just do it and it, it make, you know, it affects change right away. So that's, um, that's the benefit I think of being at a small company. You have such a good crew there. I mean, uh, I mean, I look back, I don't, we haven't seen each other since San Jose, Annie. I know. And that, that uh, decompression party that, uh, that, that we put on and you guys helped so, so big. It was such a great night, such a great yeah. night. And you, you guys had your full crew out there just about, it was so much fun. Yeah. I, if you haven't met the locate team, um, I think when I talk to potential partners or potential customers, I, I've never met a team with better values. Like they don't ever sell the product to someone who's not the right fit. And they stand by that. It's like ingrained in who they are. Um, and part of the reason I wanted to join them is that they are most trustworthy and kind humans who have built the most amazing product I've ever seen. So um, it's a good team. It's also a ridiculous amount of fun. I mean, they're hilarious and funny and smart. And, um, you know, there's the startup life that I'm loving. So. Speaking of, speaking of, sorry to interrupt, Andrew, but speaking of which, Annie, we got to have a look at that software pretty soon. I know, I know. I'm totally yeah. stoked. I talk you guys up whenever I can. Yeah, we are. So we are live with zero in Canada now. Um, what's, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that thing. Okay. Yeah, that that other. Now that I don't work for Intuit, I can say those things. Yeah. Yeah, that other. Um, I'm uncomfortable saying that word. That's all right. I'm just having fun. <laughs> uh yeah and, and we're we're working on quickbooks in canada still it's so we hit a little bit of a hurdle um around taxes but i think we've we're really close to solving it um down in australia and so as soon as we get that fixed that'll the next like reasonable space is canada which is nice yeah we're looking forward to that it'll be interesting so tell, tell me a little bit more about um locate and the company and what you got passionate about starting with them for because you had, you had, you could have picked from just about any company probably. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, I, so when I left into it, I um, kind of went on a, a, a fun spree. Um, I'd been there for 12 years and I did a little bit of vacationing. I went to Napa and to Mexico and um, all over, just seeing all my friends and my family that I hadn't seen in a long time um, and kind of slowed my life down. And then I started up the conversations and I met with about 30 different companies um, to just kind of see, you know, I was really lucky. Um, I had the space and the time to take my, you know, to really figure out where I wanted to go. But what the reason I chose Locate, um, number one, uh, it's the team. So they're founded, um, George Kelleher is the founder, um, along with the three Schiffelbrain brothers. So Nick, who's our CTO, uh, Zach, who's our CEO now, George is kind of retired and has moved down to be our chairman. And then Jake, who's our VP of sales and um, leads all of implementation. And, um, and they're just, they're these incredible brains. Like they're, it's that kind of like creepy, spooky, smart type of person that you're like, you'll ask a question. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I thought about this. And then you kind of like poke them a little harder and they're like, no, we really thought about this. And they tell you that 18 hours of conversation that they had and you're like oh yeah you did think about that and the application is so insanely complex that they really did they they tell the story about when they started they just started putting up like you know white stickers um post-it huge post-it notes and they'd be like okay well what does inventory look like what do we need to do to inventory management and they just put up like shipping 
like that's a component and then they then they said and they just sat in a room and brainstormed every single thing they could think about shipping and then it was like picking and packing and all the different pieces of and then it, it was like okay now we know and then they went and started to build it um so it, it was the team, it's the product. I mean, being at Intuit for 12 years, I've seen so many different solutions um, and I've never seen something like Locate um, that is just so thorough that you could be a smaller type company and use it and be very successful or a huge enterprise company that should be really on a net suite, but can use Locate to run your business. Um, and then I think, um, I just, I, you know, it was just like a, it was a huge opportunity. They were like willing to take a risk on me too. So um, I just, you know, it was like a good fit on both sides, I think. And a shout out to Kylie. She's in here watching us on Facebook. <laughs> hey, Kylie. Um, yeah, I haven't seen you since uh, San Jose. And that's the one thing that I thought was really cool is that obviously working for a family business, loving that family aspect of, of Locate, which comes with its its perks uh, and its problems. Um, but I, I mean, that's got to be such a such a drastic departure. Um, but I guess they're not really a small family business. How many, how many employees are there at Locate? So just nine of us, actually. It's pretty small. So it is, yeah. It's, it's a tight-knit group. Yeah, and even if you're not related or married like Kylie, um, yeah. besides, I think besides me, and maybe one other everybody actually has like a family connection in um which you think would be a little bit you know strange but i think because of it there's just so much loyalty you know and everyone pitches in when somebody needs to pull out someone else pulls you know catches that person or um they work so hard for each other and for the success you know it's it's really everybody's working together um it's it is incredible i mean i uh i it's more than i ever could have expected so um i'm grateful and then you know you see the things that are happening right now in the in the world with just being upside down and locate is so um loyal to their customers they're doing everything they can to help them survive and thrive in this time um it's just you know back to their values and who they are but you were actually mentioning earlier that um uh, the economy's not hitting you guys too bad as of yet. I mean, I guess one of the upsides of lockdown is that more and more companies, I guess, are switching to, you know, e-commerce, digital systems, you know, and having to track and manage inventory. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there's two things. I think people are, there's a strain on your finances, right? So you're, you're starting to go through and see where you can identify some efficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's time. People have time, a little bit of time to figure out, you know, a, a solution that would be better for them. Um, and so just this week, we I think we signed two different companies that are going to be pulling, we're pulling them down off of NetSuite and putting them back onto QuickBooks. Um, because because of Locate, they they really have aged off of QuickBooks, but because of Locate, they can, they run all of their inventory there, it keeps their, you know, their, their books really clean. Um, so that's, it's been really interesting. I mean, I think we we had a customer who had to downsize his employee count um, and he called up and he was like, all right, I got to learn locate. Like I'm going to be the one in the warehouse, like picking and packing and shipping. And he, his business is growing, even though he had to downsize some of his employees because of the efficiencies found in locate. Um, so yeah, we've been really lucky. We, uh, we are doing really well. Um, we're actually growing during this time, so. That's very lucky. Yeah. It's almost a, it's one of those things that's hard to say 
sometimes. I know. This, this yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly. We, we've um, we've been very, very fortunate ourselves, but it's it's hard to say that sometimes because you have these conversations with people who have been hit um, so hard. You're, you you want to be proud of the fact that you're you're doing all right and that you know it's because you invested in technology and systems and you were positioned mm-hmm. because you knew that this was the future. Um, but you, you by no means can stand up and start screaming, yeah, I was right, yeah, I was right. You know what I mean? Because uh, so many people have been hurt so so badly. But maybe that's a cue to, to, to shift uh, to more of a personal topic. So how are you and your family, you know, managing lockdown? And, and- <laughs> Oh, I mean, you want the real answer or the one that I like? What I, many- I know I'm going to get the real answer. Yeah, but how many how many animals as well? That That's included in the family. Because uh, well, you're like a regular farm girl. There. Yeah, we, uh, so we have, uh, we only have one cat. Unfortunately, we lost one. She's somewhere. I think she either ran away or was someone's lunch. Um, so we have one cat. I downsized. I only have three chickens now. Um, and then I have my dog, Walter, who's the kind of the quarantine hero over here. Um, it's okay. It's, it's not going, it's definitely not Pinterest worthy at my house. I, um, I shared with our team last week that I, uh, I'm a Rinda's of like officially a Rinda's worst homeschool parent as confirmed by the school. Um, they actually called me and were like, you got to do better. Um, so it's, uh, it's okay. I mean, everybody's alive. Um, you know, we haven't, I haven't killed my husband yet. And, uh, that's good. That's a good thing. So what does homeschooling look like for you guys? Cause I, I've got a lot of gripes about what's going on around education right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I've got um, two different perspectives because I've got uh, one child in private, one, one child in public. Um, but what's, what's the U.S. education system like? Is it basically just falling all on you guys? Are they doing Zoom classes? Are they doing anything like that? Is it so, dependent on the teacher? Yeah, I mean, I have little kids. So I have a seven-year-old who's a first grader and a five-year-old who's a preschooler. Right. Um, so, I mean... I, I, I joked with our team, there's no way I'll ever leave Locate to be a teacher after this. Like I, that would not be my noble calling. Um, I commend our teachers. They're doing the best they can. I think the, if I didn't work, it probably would have been more, it would be more reasonable, but he, both, neither of my kids are able to be self-sufficient. So I can't just like hand them an iPad or a computer or a phone and say like, okay, like, you know, and they have great apps. They have this app called Seesaw. They load all his, his, you know, his math and his reading and his phonics and his writing and his science and his art and his PE into it. But like, he's a seven-year-old little boy. Like he is out in the backyard. This week, he tried to dig to China. Like it's not like he literally is like looking for magma in the middle of the earth. Um, so he's not able to sit down and be self-sufficient. Um, so that would be my only thing. Like if I sit with him and it's, and it's a, it's a strange amount of work. It's hours of work. If I sit with him and I work on it, it, it actually is really great. It's just that it's not the expectations of the parent participation is just. That's my point is there's no reason that the teacher can't sit with them. Like they were before virtually. Well, we do this, we're doing it right here and right now. And that's my gripe. And, And that's why like, I'm like, I know there's a lot of teachers that are great teachers that are doing more. And, and, and here in Canada and in, in particular in Toronto, I can't speak for the whole country. Um, it really is dependent on the teacher. And that's my big gripe is that the school board hasn't come in and said, look, this is how we're going to do it. The, you know, you might, you might not know how to use zoom or 
uh, go to meeting or whatever tool we're going to use, but we're going to give you a week to learn it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get you doing a minimum of two or three hours a day of sitting down with your class so that, because the kids can sit there and watch a screen and interact with the teacher. There's no yeah. reason that that can't go on today. And what's happening, and, and I apologize for getting on my soapbox, yeah. just, it pisses me off because the work has fallen on the parents and the parents are stressed out already. And, and, and to, to just completely check out, and this is the worst part to me is that seeing the dichotomy between the public and the private school system, that's not what happened in the public, in the private school system, private school system within one week, they had zoom meetings or they're actually using Microsoft teams, but she has five hours of class every single day. Wow. Didn't skip, didn't skip a beat. She's got homework. Uh, now she's older. She's, she's 11. And my son is like your, your kid's age. He's, he's, he's only six. Um, so I get that it's not going to be the same level of interaction, but there's absolutely no reason they can't be having show and tell and have a classroom where she's doing some demonstrations. The teacher just completely checked out. Not one, not one classroom since, since the thing started, not one. And that just drives me bonkers. I'll tell you, sorry. I'll tell you a bit about the Calgary situation, Andrew. It's kind of in between what you guys are doing. My son's 15, so he's he's in grade nine, which is the end of junior high, and then he's off to high school. That's a pretty important year. Mm -hmm. um, he's pretty much got a steady curriculum right now. Um, there are some live, there is some live teaching, Andrew. So they actually are there and they're teaching him stuff, but a lot of them are shooting videos and stuff of yeah. lessons and saying, here, watch the video, here's your assignment. They're getting assigned stuff. They have this program. I don't know if it's other schools Google use this. It's, it's called D2L. Okay. And it keeps track of all that. Like um, my wife is, is awesome at keeping track of that. I mean, I don't even know how to log in, um, but you know, he stayed organized during the week. He's expected to be busy, but he still, he gets to get out of bed a little later and doesn't have to work as long, but they're still doing stuff and he's still got assignments. So it's been kind of business as usual, but just shorter days. Yeah. The yeah. teachers have been there for the most part. I I don't know, you know, so I think about my our teacher. Um, she's a great lady. She has two kids too. She's a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, you know, and so she she does do Zoom with them Mondays and Wednesdays at nine um for about 30 minutes. And usually like one of her kids is like crawling up over her shoulders, you know, and it's she doesn't her husband's in sales, and so she said he locks, you know, he goes just like mine, goes in the back room and locks his door. And we don't see him unless he comes out to like, you know, like throw him some chips and he like shoves food in his face and goes back in his room. It's so I think, you know, she's, she kind of shared with the parents, like, this is my life. This is, I will do the best I can, but I don't have childcare either. Like she used to, neither do I, I used to. Um, so I, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I agree. I think, you know, as best as we can do as much reading, as much math and just go at this with kindness and empathy is what I'm trying to do to keep my, my sanity of like yeah. not worrying that he's not losing an entire year. Um, but, but yeah, it's a mess. And I don't think there's an end in sight. I just, I really think we're going to be back locked down again next fall. You're in a pretty good place though, Annie. We, we had Anna, Anna um, ready on last week. She's from Orange County and yeah. your governor's done a fantastic job. I mean, Gavin Newsom is, is kind of, people look to him on how to do it you guys are ahead of the curve in many ways so uh, it sounds like it sounds like california is in pretty good hands 
compared mm-hmm. to other states and really other countries. When you consider California as the population exceeding most countries, and then you can look at the other extreme, a city like New or a, a state like New York with lots of population, they've had their challenges and it's, you know, they got just hammered and California kind of dealt with it. So I'm confident you guys will be all right over there. I kind of watch the whole world situation, every region, see how they're doing. And California is actually a bright spot. Speaking oh. of California, what do you guys think about those two doctors that, uh, <laughs> that had the YouTube channel telling everyone and then, and then got pulled? Yeah. I mean, they're incented to do that, right? Like if, if, if we open back up, they own, they own uh, urgent cares, right? So if we open back up and people get sick and that's going to be good for their business. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I am definitely a Northern California, like very liberal. I, I am a very pro Newsom. I think he's doing exactly right. I think it was smart of him to shut the beaches, get back down. Um, like you said, we are ahead of the curve. He's keeping people safe. Um, I think if we open, that's the risk. Like people get sick, you know? So I'm, you're right. I'm, we're, we're really lucky. And like, I'm so grateful. Like we have this house and I have my little people with me and worst case we can eat the chickens. I mean, we're okay. Yeah, you're well, a bit of a The chickens were there just in case. <laughs> it's, it's getting easier, though, to get stuff. I mean, I, at first I was afraid I'd walk into a store and get bowled over by the toilet paper people. But it's it's been better. Like up here, um, you know, some things are out. My wife says she goes and it's hard to find pork right now. And it's similar situation that you're experiencing with meatpacking in the States. But, you know, things are perceived as being scarce. So people run out and get it, right? Yeah. I don't think you really have to. It's kind of, in many ways, it's business as usual. I went to the Lowe's hardware store the other day and it kind of made me uncomfortable. There were almost too many people in there, too many people standing in line. Everyone's getting their gardening done. So it <laughs> seems like business as usual, but you know, I, I think we, we got to take it seriously. Like you said, Annie, it's all about, follow, like it sounds, it is the science behind it all. It really makes a difference to do that. And it's good for everyone. So unfortunately, they say 20 to 30% of the population are just saying, screw you. And you can't stop that. So well, we, we know there's going to be a wave. We, yeah. we know that they're oh, yeah. going to. It's gonna the science behind out, it. And then they're going to have to close it back down. We know that that's going to happen. Or at least that's the most logical outcome of what's going to happen. Um, but I also, I, 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 I can, I feel for both sides of the story because I, I, I get that that the, there's got to be some happy medium because we have to we have to balance everything because we can't have the economy fall to complete shit. Uh, I agree with that, and I know that people have been absolutely devastated by this, but we also can't risk human life. So, like, what where is that happy medium, and what does yeah. it look like? And I, I don't know. I, I mean, Tough. one thing, you know, as we talked about last week, I, I always I think that the almost the best bet is, I mean. I guess it really comes down to when we can get more testing and letting the people who have been infected, <laughs> like, let's start by letting them out. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, you we know yeah. you've got it. So there's no more risk for you. You're guys. Immune. Theoretically you're, you're immune. immune. Right. So let's let you guys back out. Into the, and anyone who hasn't got it yet or hasn't been tested, we, you know, you should probably still be locked down and definitively if you were an at risk population. So I think that we've got yeah. to find that that happy medium. I don't know what it looks like, but um, I think we're we're on the cusp of that. I know here in Ontario, they're, they're starting to talk about what the plans will look like, um, but uh, they haven't set any dates or anything like that. So 
Who knows? Well, we, our, our outbreaks are a lot more concentrated here. It's not as widespread as Ontario or Quebec right now. But um, they're talking about opening today little things like national or provincial parks and things like that that were closed. They're going to allow people as long as they get out there and be, be logical. But there's, they're talking May 15th, a lot of businesses. In fact, okay. I heard haircutting places. <laughs> so I texted my guy and said, what have you heard? He says, well, I'm still waiting, but I'll Show us go. that mop, Brad. Show us that mop. No, no, it's not going to happen. Come on, you got to see it. Hold on, let's see it, Brad. No, go no for I'm it. not doing it. I just got out of the shower. It's a disaster. Oh, there, there it go. is. Brad, there's a lot bad? there. No, for me, there's lots. But anyways, I just, I booked them. I said, if you're open on the 15th, just pick a time. I'll be there. <laughs> I said my, my go-to solution is just the clippers. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it, it it doesn't look like much now, but it gets out of control and it stands up, it defies gravity. You see my son right now, he's got curly hair. But yeah, so they're they're talking about that. They're being realistic. I have a really tricky situation because one of I have this really cool optometrist client, and when I meet her, it's got to be on site. She's on desktop, it's in this tiny little she calls it the office. It's more like a closet. And we get in there and it's so cramped. And we sit there for three, four hours at a time getting stuff done. And I'm like, that's just not good for right now. Can we figure something out? So we're going to try and do a Zoom. And can it's. You move to the, can you move it to online? Move it to the cloud? She can't because she's using an optometry solution that is just tailored for desktop. And I, I don't like the solution, but it's what she's got. But so she's one of the, what's that? Hosted desktop at least? Maybe? No, she doesn't have even that. She's like the only client that I'll go and I'll meet in person and hang out with. She's just super cool. She's really nice and she needs some help. And I meet with her a few times a year just to do a few things. And uh, yeah, we got to figure that out. Cause it's actually me that's more nervous. Cause I take this pandemic thing super seriously. I have asthma. So technically I'm high risk. I think I might've even had it before because I had this really weird bug and then it just stopped. And I'm thinking I want to get tested for just to make sure, you know, if I have the antibodies, because like you were just saying, Andrew, the whole key to going out is to take those people that are now immune and get them out there. Those are the ones that they want back out there because you were going to be safe. Theoretically, they don't know exactly. This thing's really thrown a lot of curveballs at the doctors, but they say, it's like any other one. So really, that's the idea. Now, here in, in southern Alberta, in Calgary, we've had a lot of cases here. We're kind of the hotspot of Alberta. So they, they, they're testing like crazy right now. And they're almost at the point where anyone can get one. Okay. And I, I think I'll do it just to, well, hopefully they have the antibody testing so I can just find out. And then I'll just be able to breathe easier because that's the thing. It hangs over all our heads. Yeah. I don't want to catch this thing because everyone, it's not just for seniors they've proven lately that this thing is causing strokes in people of all ages yeah and kidney damage and brain kidney damage. And i'm here even if you recover i mean the drugs that they're giving you could cause lasting damage exactly and, even, and we're seeing little kids now i mean that little girl passed away in detroit i mean it's not i agree with you i mean there are obviously like the numbers are higher for at-risk groups but nobody's really safe from this and no it's knowing that you're not giving it to people i think that's my fear it's like what yeah. if i you're carrying it around and you're just like spreading it around and you infect someone you love Ugh. 
Well, that's the thing that people get so confused about. They think, well, I'm feeling fine. I don't need anything. Or I was tested. I'm feeling fine. But that's the thing that's so tricky about this one. You can be asymptomatic and never feel a thing. Or you can be asymptomatic for weeks and then catch it. Mm -hmm. So you just never know. So erring on the side of caution is always the right way. So in my case, I definitely don't want to be the one to spread and I don't definitely don't want to catch it. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm deathly afraid, but I'm, I'm really nervous about catching this thing. So okay. I, I got to sort of ride it out until they get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. I, the problem isn't, isn't our age demographic, right? It's, it's the millennials for uh, just to blame a, a group of people. But I, I mean, like I, you hear about that thousand per thousand person house party in Chicago. <sighs> No, I didn't hear about that. I've heard about parties. Thousand-person yeah. house party. And I, I've seen it just, like, I went to the park the other day with the kids and, we, you know, trying to keep away. And I see this, like, group of teens all huddled together doing whatever teens do. And I'm like, clearly, these people are not, like, they're just a group of friends. I said, let's go meet up at the park. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and I get, I, I remember being a teen and, um, and, or in my twenties and thinking I was invincible and it didn't matter. How do we help them to realize that it's not them that they need to be worried about or, or how do we get them to care about anyone other than themselves? Yeah. It is a problem. I know my wife's um, has a relative. I'll leave that person nameless, not really fair, but they're in the States in another city in Tennessee and he's mid twenties and they just don't care. Like he's a great guy. He's totally morally responsible. I, I think he's a wonderful person, but him and his friends are like, whatever, we're young, you know, what do we got to lose? I think that's the mind, like the shift in mindset we need to have is that it's like, people are so narcissistic, especially I think I, unfortunately it is like a demographic, right? Like you haven't made that shift to, it's not about me. Being it's, an adult. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they have like, don't they have like data on that? Your brain's not completely formed yet. And uh, aren't making good decisions but like you have to shift to it's it isn't about you like the I read something that said I wear a mask to protect you and you wear a mask to protect me and so exactly. it's all it's about the like we protect each other and that's how we all stay healthy and so yeah I we there has to be a shift in in that you have to like it has to be bigger than you and I I you know I wonder if it's going to take knowing someone like seeing someone you love get this yeah, unfortunately, that's what they say it sometimes takes to get people to open their eyes. Because just today, I had somebody debating with me about, oh, how many people do we lose to the flu and car accidents? It's like, you don't understand this why it's different. It's just that whole thing about how fast it comes on. I mean, 60,000 people died in the US in April, more than Vietnam. You know, like, like that should put it in perspective. So if people can't understand it's different and the strain it's putting the resources, like it's the healthcare. Think about the healthcare um, professionals, how hard they're working through all this. That poor lady in, in New York that it just burned her out and she, she didn't want to live anymore. And, and it, you just, they're working so hard. Those are the people that we're trying to protect. And like my wife says, the people that are out dicking around and not following the rules, they should be rounded up and they have to go work in a, in a healthcare facility in the in you know ground zero and see what it's like the little change their mind so anyways that's, that's a great form better than a fine that's for yeah sure. <laughs> yeah well pe people say a oh, fine it's socialism or it's 
you know, totalitarianism it's right now. Because I don't know if you saw that video. It was actually kind of funny. There's a guy running on a beach. I think it was in Texas. And then the security guard tried to run after him. And then all of a sudden, this guy hit the afterburner and just took off. And everyone thought it was great. He outran the security guard on the beach. It was it was classic. I haven't seen that one. Well, but they were saying, but the, I, the argument was, is why shouldn't he be able to do this? Our freedoms are being taken from us. And it was, it was a bit unfortunate because yeah, he was, there was no one around for probably half a mile, but in this particular case, those were the rules and they just wanted you to honor them. So that's all it takes sometimes is people to realize there's, you know, there's more than me. It's everyone around mm -hmm. me that matters. Well, like you said, it's like the tragedy of the commons. Everyone's like, well, no one's at the beach, so I can just go to the beach. But if everybody did that, everybody would be at the beach, right? Yeah. You can't, you've got to recognize that just because it's empty doesn't mean you can walk down there and hang out. And, and that's, that's the hard part. I mean, I, I mean, I'm going stir crazy. I'm sure everybody's going stir crazy. Thank God I don't live near a nice beach um, because I would be tempted. I must admit. Um, Our but, snow just melted. So I'm not worried about that. Wow, really? It yeah, we had a long winter. Started, we got our roof done in October, well, the end of October, and then it snowed the next day. And then we never saw the ground again. And so the snow finally melted, and we got our lawn done this, this past week. And there are all these pieces of roofing in there, and nails, and shingles, and stuff that got covered up. Oh, and they realized what a messy job they did, but we didn't know because it snowed over it. But yeah, it's like the first week of no snow on the ground. Yeah. Wow. It's been nice though. It's been wonderful. That reminds me of a university story of my one of my brother-in-laws. Um, probably the most professional um, guy I know. Not so much in university. And and when he was in university, the way he would clean dishes um, is he would just throw them out into the snow. Spring came. <laughs> And their entire backyard was littered with plates. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta think that one through. They don't just go away. The, so, the, the snow doesn't clean them for you and bring them back inside. He's just oh, lazier yeah. than me. Yeah. And it's funny, like, that if you were to, like, if you were to meet him and hear that that story was that guy, you'd be like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, he's a VP at a, like, uh, a big company here in, in Canada, like, really straight laced, really well organized, super tidy type of person. Like, you would never be like, that's that story's about him. No, <laughs> I had a partner like that. He was at KPMG, so well dressed. He, he wore the best clothes. He was perfectly coiffed. Oh, he had, uh, he just looked perfect. He was a schmooze partner. He went out looking for business. I actually went out with him a few times and he was absolutely hilarious. First time I went in his office, it was like a bomb had gone off in there. You could never find anything when he'd sign off on a file. It was a disaster. It was like this guy lived two lives, this perfect right. existence and then disaster. So yeah, so it's like that, that meme that's out there, right? Of the Zoom meetings where everything <laughs> on camera looks perfect, but outside of the camera footage, there's like pizza boxes, yeah. no pants on. Yeah. Why do you think I do the, the green screen? It's for that very reason. But yeah, it's no one wears pants anymore. They, they, there's, they've been showing these like news reporters because, you know, everyone's working in from home and yeah. they stand up and they're like shorts or sweatpants under their, their <laughs> you know, their shirt and tie. Have you seen the video for the Zoom suit? You know what the Zoom suit is? <laughs> no, what's a Zoom suit? So a Zoom suit is a suit that attaches with Velcro at the back. <laughs> So you can just rip it off, and then, <laughs> like when your when your Zoom meeting comes up, you just put on the Zoom suit. You look <laughs> perfect, but you could be in like three day old sweaty t shirt. Yeah. It's a good thing a tie and suit isn't my brand. I just fit right in in this world. 
the sweats right. have been awesome i actually got some more just so i have you know comfy pair at all times oh do you do the i put on my pants once a week to make sure they still button <laughs> <laughs> i haven't oh. gotten but I can, I, I can honestly say my grocery bill has gone up since COVID. Oh, wait, well, crazy, right? And you're, do you guys have the, what's your equivalent of BevMo? You're like, you know, your alcohol. Do you, can you buy your oh, alcohol at the grocery store or do you go to like a, its own market? The U.S. does. Or sorry, Ontario or Andrew is, is we have government, LC right? Yeah, we got privatized here. There's liquor stores everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Courtney is actually, my wife's been doing a lot of the shopping, but I've actually, do you guys remember that app that Ashton Kutcher was talking about, Noom? Yeah. Yeah, I've been using it. Oh, really? Just you like the last it? few weeks. Yeah. What is it's Noom? Actually, like Instacart? No, it's a dieting thing. Oh. Yeah. I was sitting around and I realized I'm just sitting here being a slug. I got to do something about it. And I've been using it for a few weeks. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm a stress eater, so I've been doing the complete opposite. Like, I'm definitely gaining. <laughs> well, that's it. what I was doing. That was the problem. It was like, oh my God, these, how did everything get so, everything's shrinking on me in this pandemic. Okay. But I, I just decided, you know, and they kind of get you to commit to the bigger purpose. They yeah. use kind of a psychology angle to it, but it's the app that kind of kept me honest. And it's, it's working a that's little great. bit so far. I've got a, I've got some goals in mind, but. Um, now I've got courting. Oh, make sure you get this and you get this. And I've become a little pickier. Um, definitely missing the fun stuff in life, like cookies and chocolate and chips and all the stuff that's bad for you. But yeah, what the hell? Do you have that? a go-to pandemic treat? What's 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 your what's your kryptonite when it comes to <laughs> pandemic treats? Geez, I think I'm still eating Easter candy because I can't eat it all. I've, I started this right around Easter, so. My wife got me some lint uh, chocolate, um, you know, those, uh, they're so good. That's kind of my treat. Yeah. But cookies last longer in the house and, you know, anything junk foody lasts longer. My son likes it because he's enough to share right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, if I have a treat, I mean, like vodka, does that count? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I like, perf uh, actually my friends and I are doing this. Um, it's actually really fun. We do drink deliveries either on Friday or Saturday night. So we drink dong ditch each other. Um, <laughs> so we make the cocktail and uh, you put out you put out your shaker on your patio or on your front porch. And then like I made a cocktail in like a big water bottle. And so they put out their shaker and they step away. And then I go up and like just pour, you know, just the amount in. And then I step away and then they come back and retrieve their shaker and they step away. And so it's like this fun um, little ritual that we're doing to kind of everyone's doing their you know pass around your favorite cocktail so that's been kind of fun um keeping us all happy and sane and and then you drink it and you show up late night on the games the game maps that's also been really fun have you done any of those i haven't done any of those the big thing my family is doing is um house party oh you're so i haven't done house party we've been doing a lot of jackbox well yeah i don't what's so what's jackbox it's fun. It's um so I, there's only I played like so it has to be the circle of trust that you play with. Okay. Um so you know your people that kind of like-minded you know ideas as you, um, probably on the same level of consumption as you. Um but it, it's fun. There's a couple different games. The ones we play, we play like a scattergory game and so it's it gives you a, a topic and you have to define it and then it goes into the pot and everyone has to guess who's is who or guess the real one 
Um, there's another one that's like puts quips against each other. It's called Quip Clash. You like play against each other who is the funniest and everyone gets to vote. And then the newest one we've started playing is this drawing game. So um, there's a, something comes up and you have to draw it and then everyone else has to guess kind of like a, you know, what's the Pictionary type. Yeah. Um, but all online uh, and you, you zoom. So you see each other's faces and then you play on your hand, you know, on your phone. Um, but it's great. Jackbox.tv. It's a great way to connect and still feel like you have friends. Yeah. And it's for the computer, for the tablet, for everything. Yeah. It's on everything. Okay. We're yeah. definitely, I'm going to have to check that out. It sounds it's like fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll give you my login. It's like, it's not expensive. I mean, I, got, I bought all the games for like 20 bucks. They, was, yeah. they run like, you know, and so then I just, we, should, we should do a Friday night live Jackbox game. game. <laughs> there you go. Good. That would be awesome. Really and you said you can share it on Zoom. Yeah. So you, so right. Like, uh, I wonder if I have it on here. Um, you, so like I have it on my machine and so I, I pull it up and it get, you get a code. So then you would go to jackbox.tv on your phone right. and put in the code and then you'd enter my room. So I'd share the room on zoom. We could all see each other. And then you just like play on your handheld. Um, and it, I think it works on Android and iPhone and it's been fine with all of our friends. Um, but it's hilarious. It's good. It's like good brain break that's i'm calling that now we're gonna do a jackbox tv friday night live that's gonna happen and you'll have to come back for that and be our host okay i'm in <laughs> this is the circle of trust it's the <laughs> I, well i don't know i think my mom is watching this i don't know she's uh yeah she's in the circle of trust sorry mom yeah i would hope your mom's in the circle <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's awesome i i love that we're gonna we're gonna get that going and what else have you been your guilty pleasures during the epi epidemic? Pandemic, dude. Pandem pandemic, pandemic. <laughs> Get your uh, demics right. I've been doing a lot of cooking. Like the, um, it's 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 the one thing I would say like calms me the most of um, it. Like trying a lot of new recipes. I got this really great book called Nothing Fancy. Um, and the food is super beautiful, but it's not like, you don't have to have like lion's mane or, you know, like crazy things like a dodo bird feather. It's just <laughs> stuff that you would normally have, but it makes it, it it's all like um, beautiful food. So and it's, it takes a little bit of work. So it's, it's long, it's like, um, you know, it's hour long to make it, but then it's just, just like beautiful and tasty. So we've been doing a lot of eating. Um, and then I'd say the other thing that's just getting me through this is exercise. I've been my husband got a punching bag, um, so I box a lot now, just because I'm like, <laughs> have to hit things, and I can't, hit, you know, you don't want to hit your kids, um, so yeah, uh, that's been good. I love that you say you don't want to, you didn't say you don't, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, just the closeness, I don't know if you guys are feeling it, I really love my family, I, like, I'm really grateful, I, I'm very happy, I like my husband, I like my kids, but there is just, this is just too much. Yeah, it's it's hard to never never get the break, right? Like I, I think that the first week it was like, oh, this is so awesome, my family yeah. is here. By week two, you're like, oh, <laughs> I love you, but give me some space. We we've managed to keep our space here. We all kind of have our own zones in the house. Unfortunately, I take up most of it, um, but uh, we've been we've been doing pretty good, all things considered. Um, I thought it was going to be tough. Yeah, I, I go through peaks and valleys, right? Like I think yeah. all of us are going through that where it, it, it's amazing too. I'm just like, you hit that those points of frustration where it's just like, 
whatever it's been a bad day and you just don't have like you can't go out and just de-stress right like yeah. you whatever that was for you whether it was hitting the gym or whether it was whatever it was you just can't do um and that's the hard part is is for me is is being able to like okay i just need a minute and then i'll be okay yeah i do I have a little bit of, I also have this, like, I told my mom this, I I'm worried I have like Stockholm syndrome like that. I, I have these moments of like, not actually wanting it to end because like, will I ever get this time back with all of us being together yeah. in tiny space? And so then I get really, then I get anxiety. Like I should be doing more. I should be engaging. I should like really be grateful and thankful there for this. And then I'm just like, here's a pack of Fritos for lunch. I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very, <laughs> it's very confusing. Um, so oh that's so true it's it's like that you go through those moments of like this is amazing i should be so grateful to like yeah exactly like here's an ipad here's a pack of fritos whatever that is like yeah. just leave me alone for an hour yeah daddy needs his vodka well, <laughs> i've been really lucky since the weather changed because you know my passion is riding scooters yeah so you know i've got my vespa which does highway speeds i mean i i can take it great distances but i've actually been riding my son's 50 cc which is a lot smaller. It doesn't go as fast or as far, but it's been so much fun. I've been able to socially distance by just riding around in fields and stuff and just getting away. And it's it's always made, that's always been my happy place when I'm on those things. It's just a goofy thing to do, but it's, I've been able to do that a bit lately. And I must admit it's helped because scooter therapy is a real thing to, yeah. to us scooter enthusiasts. I've been riding my nine bot. What's that? Oh, is that your... um? the say the segway uh like oh the your scooter yeah yeah that thing was fun he um and he bought one of the scooters like we have that you, that like we use in san jose he bought his own wait not the one not the one that went down the escalator no no, no he bought a real like scooter like a bird the same oh, segway oh, brand fun. Oh, and it's fast it's like, faster like, than the traditional yeah. ones we were bombing around toronto on that thing it's pretty good that's super fun it's yeah. it's super fun, but I I like I love it, and then I feel guilty because I'll take my kids for a bike ride, and they're like exercise. Like, ah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I get back. I'm like, I should really exercise. No, I'm, I'm going on the scooter. <laughs> they are fun though. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, San Jose, like they're a riot. It was actually Andy. It was actually Salt Lake at uh, scaling, right? did them for the first time and then i yeah. just got hooked yes that's right it was to the party right didn't we ride them for the first time to the um the after party i was taking them pretty much everywhere uh, uh, remember the one night we were all out looking for bars and i was just riding up and down the street keeping up with you guys and then we gave richard ropa the opportunity and he's like no way i can't do this and then he goes oh look i'm scooting that was so fun <laughs> who there were a couple people that bombed out though like you know, had like road would show up for their sessions and had like road rash. And you're oh, like, you know who, you know what that happened to um, Veronica Wasik's partner. Do you know Veronica? She's uh -uh. in Texas. She, her partner, um, business partner wiped out and I came, they were staying at the same hotel I was in and I came back and her pants were ripped and she was a little <laughs> embarrassed and was like, what happened? No, I don't want to talk about it. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're good fun. They're good fun. Yeah, they are. I uh so that to that point, I was talking today about events, you know, like scaling new heights would have been right around the corner. And I was like, this is the time that we need like community. You know, this that's why I love Friday Night Live. Like I I go and see you guys and feel connected to you. And I 
I was just thinking like, oh, how much I would love to be at Scaling Heights in a couple of weeks, like hug people and like be yeah. like, oh my God, we made it through. And uh, it's that has been another thing that I've been kind of bummed about. Like this oh, yeah. you know, QuickBooks Connect will happen. And when's the next time we're all going to be like getting dirty on the dance floor at T-Sheets parties? And I don't know. <laughs> Well, I was supposed Can to do Vancouver in... We have to be six feet apart? No! Yeah, that wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Think yeah. about it. Think about San Jose this year, the tea sheets party and that dance floor with all that vodka um, Red Bull. Everyone was just hugging and sweating Love all it. over each other. It was just the last great opportunity to do it up before the yeah. pandemic. I know. And more than ever, I mean, the accountant community has been working so insanely hard. Um, a break like and to be able to for you guys to congratulate each other and just be like you know you yeah. been a lot um yeah just, yeah conferences are fun well i uh, guess we'll miss out this year but we'll make up for it i've been saying i think what we'll probably see is a mad rush of a lot of small conferences mm. because i don't you're not going to see any big conferences for sure yeah for a couple of years maybe a year and a half yeah probably for for a couple of years but i think um if they do open it up, we might see some of the smaller scale, um, more intimate, you know, 50 to 100 people conferences. And for Brad and I, you know, we love those things, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I am jonesing to, to get back out and hang out with, with our people. And, um, you know, we were talking last week about these virtual conferences and how they're, you know, I'm trying to give them a little bit more um, respect, because I just, I, I first look at a digital conference, and I go, it's just not, it's not my jam. It's not, it's not the same thing. Right. But I, I'm, you know, trying to find my space now from it'd be interesting to hear from your perspective as, as potential vendor, have you guys done any of these virtual conferences? Will you do any of these virtual conferences? Do you think you know, they have any value? I don't know. It's hard. So, you know, you look at scaling new heights and I was talking to them, they have laid out, you know, there's, it's a, there's a, a long list of options, everything from go forward as normal, to cancel. And then there's like, you know, all these different layers in between of semi-virtual, virtual, you know, smaller groups. Um, I don't know, you know, it's really hard because we are such a specific solution, even though, you know, when you look at the data, like half of QuickBooks and half of zero users are product-based businesses. And so that's where we live, right? They may right. not all be in that kind of more middle market, like larger type, you know, um, customer. I don't know. It's hard because we are specific. We are looking for product-based businesses of a certain size. So I don't know if a virtual con conference is going to have the ROI on that. It's still expensive. And so is the ROI there for us to just maybe talk to a handful of people? Maybe, because maybe th those are the, like you guys, like the big fish, right? Like the huge influencers. Um, I don't know. So we, we haven't quite figured it out. We're still talking about it. We're still like evaluating. Um, I'm with you. I, I, I just get so much energy from events and from being with people that it's, it's just going to be hard for me. I like, I'm an extrovert to the most extrovert. Like I get energy with people. Um, so I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm going to miss them, but. Well, you know, Andrew and I in conferences. So that's been hard. I know. Um, at one point, you know, I had four on the calendar this year. <laughs> All of a sudden there's, you know, two are gone and the, the next two would have been San Jose and Toronto. And I'm, you know, I'm hopeful something will happen, but I'm just knowing what I know now, I, I just don't see the practicality of it. I mean, we're going to have to stay apart for at least a while 
even though business will be getting back to normal, but they are doing a, a virtual conference up here in Canada. Andrew, did you get the email on that? I got the email. I signed up. Like I yeah, said, I signed up June, I, June 9th, which I think is filling in for the BC conference. Cause we were supposed to be in Vancouver for that on June 9th. This is the, who's doing it. It's get connected oh, format. It yeah. So it was the get connected Vancouver conference was canceled. They canceled it almost right away. Um, six weeks those ago are, those are smaller anyway right they're more intimate uh, two to three hundred um i That's think small compared to yeah it, it is but it, it's really andrew and i have been to uh, get connected calgary together we've been to vancouver together and it, it's a lot of fun still like it's got that energy that we love about quickbooks mm -hmm. connect mm -hmm. last year the get connected format in edmonton was only a one day I wasn't as enamored by it. They were going back to a two day and I was super excited. A great venue. I have my Airbnb, still haven't canceled it yet. So I was more excited for this one than I think I had been in a long time. And then, yeah. 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 What, what yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> I think it's a new world. I think, yeah. you know, we'll have to figure out the best way, like how we learn and how we get better and how we engage. Um, so, I mean, we're up for it. We're up for the challenge and um, I just don't know what it will look like. So what, what is working from a, from a marketing standpoint right now? Obviously you're not, you guys aren't doing any conferences and sorry to jump back into business, but I just, oh, yeah. my curiosity goes wild because, um, particularly like we're looking at trying to figure out for our old marketing aspects and stuff. Um, you know, we've done, um, digital marketing, paid ads, organic, all of that. Um, and, and we kind of pulled the, the plug on, on a lot of our paid ads, right now just because of what's what's going on in the economy um what what are you guys doing from a marketing standpoint during this thing are you doing a lot of paid are you doing not SEO? much uh, it's mostly seo um and but our best source is is referrals so either customers referring customers so you know a lot of our customers work with other people they might distribute to someone else or um, buy from someone else so they recommend you know they use locate their friend says, well, what are you using? It seems like you have, you're so efficient. And they say, oh, let's use locate. No, so the customer recommendations. Um, and then our partner program is, is just really starting to take off. So, um, you know, we are, we're getting a lot of partner referrals. Um, Jerry Wombeck down in Australia has been, is just kind of, it's going gangbusters for her down there. Um, we are working closely with a few US partners now. Um, and that's starting to really go. So, yeah, I mean, Again, I know this is back to what you were saying earlier, like we, uh, we're, I'm really grateful and it is kind of embarrassing. Like we're not really doing any marketing and business is just going really well, but it's, it's because of everything going on. It's because people have, you know, because people have time, because people have to be more efficient, because people have to be, you know, more careful with their money because they're reevaluating all their systems um, that it's been okay for, it's been really great for locate, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't put money into paid advertising right now. It's just, yeah. It's we, weird. we pulled our budget completely and, yeah. and it's, it, it, I was, it was, I wonder because I was having a conversation with uh, another guy that I respect a lot and he's like, no, we're, we're actually doubling down because right now, because paid advertising is a bidding system and so many other people are pulling out, ah. the, the, the cost, the, you're getting it cheap. And I'm like, yeah, but cheap for people who aren't actually looking to convert, <laughs> like a whole bunch of people that aren't looking to convert right now even if they're cheap, doesn't matter, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and, and what we did, what we found is, so we pulled our, well, we didn't pull the entire paid budget, but we dropped it down to 
uh, 10% of what it was, which mm. is a significant drop. Yeah. And um, so we, and, and so what we find is normally January, February, March, April, and May are our biggest times, which is where we pump our biggest paid marketing budgets. And so January and February were great. We had like, we were doing our, our lowest cost of acquisitions. Like we were like, wow, this is going so well. And then March hit and we, and we literally went like all of a sudden our cost of acquisition was, was above our lifetime value. And we were like, this just isn't working. Like yeah. we, we need to shut this down. Um, and we shut it down. And from the week where we had the full budget to the week where we cut it to 10%, same conversions. No way. Yeah. And we were like, okay, I guess we should have done that earlier. <laughs> um, but it, it's so hard to say, right? Because it's, it's yeah. you know, I find this digital marketing thing is it's like, it's such, I'm all, we're always trying new things and like some, you, you just assume that, okay, if you do this and it works one week, then you can do it the next week and it just works. No, like it's because the markets are changing and you, you, yeah. you just can't just double your budget. And, and then all of a sudden you double your conversions. It doesn't work that way. And that's what? the crazy thing. That was like, even my old life at Intuit, like that was, we would figure out something like find developers where they hang out and we would find them and we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, amazing, amazing. And then you're like, they don't go there anymore. It's now that's old news. And so it's like, you know, so it's like this, similarly, it's like, where, where are people, what are they doing? Where do you catch them? Um, we are doing a little bit of retargeting. Did you, have you done that where, you, you know, like. We, yeah, we do, we do big, big on retargeting. And in fact, I think that's great. Our retargeting has been, has been amazing. Yeah. Um, and we do, uh, you know, we, we, we do uh, retargeting both on our Facebook lists, as well as like, so we have, we have different lists, like those who've come to our website, those who've come to our Facebook, those who yeah. are active clients, and we do different targeting and the retargeting has been um, amazing. The, the, so the, we get, um, so what's interesting about retargeting for us is we get a shit ton of views. And so like the cost per view or CPM or whatever yeah. is really, really low. And we get a very low click-through rate, but those who click through have a high conversion rate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. Retargeting has been, has been great for us for sure. Yeah. Until, I, until the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, that's the weirdest thing. It's so weird. Cause you know, and the other thing is like people will, people will come and say, you know, you can tell it's middle of the day. They're just like searching crazy, like probably looking at us and all, all the other inventory solutions. And then they'll be really, really hot and then they'll drop off and then we'll reach out and they'll be like, no, we can't think about this. And then two days later, they're like, okay, we're ready. And so we're also wondering like if, if this PPP loans get people getting funded or now what's, you know, people are like, okay, now we have money. We can make invest in software. We knew, we knew we needed you, but now we have money. I don't know. It's just this, it's like the upside down where, you know, it's yeah. stranger things right now of it's not normal behavior either. Yeah. Not consumer, normal consumer behavior. No, not at all. I have so many proposals out right now with really good prospects that are just fit me like a glove. We have these great conversations. They say, send me the proposal. And then they have to sit on it because yep. it's that financial, that buying decision is very difficult right now. Uh, we keep hearing this pent up demand. I think that, you know, as soon as things start to look better are going to be very much better because I have developed these relationships, but yeah, no one's really buying right now. Now I heard an interesting, I was, I listened to this um, political blog from the U S and they had Andrew Yang on tonight who you'd know who, who that is, Annie. 
Um, he was in the Democratic. Yeah, he was okay. uh, the Democratic yeah, candidate. I, he was actually one of the candidates that I matched the most closely with. I took. Yeah, he, he's yeah. a pretty cool guy, and he was yeah. talking tonight. He's an entrepreneur, and he said, "The reality is, is what's happening now is a lot of businesses were looking at redoing the way they do business before the pandemic. Now they have this opportunity to rationalize their businesses." under the guise of saying, well, the pandemic's here, we need to downsize, but they have every intention of keeping it that way. Mm -hmm. So he, he stressed that the people who are gonna survive are the ones that, that have the skills to operate software and op operate technology because that's the way the businesses are going. A lot of jobs won't come back because of it, but it's given businesses an opportunity to be lean and mean and like you say, Andy, they get the, the, the right loans and, and they can invest in themselves. And yeah. software is a great investment because when things do come back, then they've got this whole new way of doing things that they've learned about in the pandemic. And I think there's going to be great opportunity for all of us playing in the cloud space. People are going to go, I need to smarten up here. I need to have better, better solutions. And they're going to come to us. Yeah. I mean, I that's the one thing I would say Intuit has done really well. I mean, they're their approach to all of this to really help their customers. Um, they, they were, they've been saying this for years, like get to the cloud, get to the cloud. And here we are. And those who are on the cloud are going to come out of this stronger. Yes. Um, uh, but I think, you know, their response to this, uh, how quickly they, you know, stood up the way that you could submit for the PPP through into it. I think that that back to what I learned working for a huge company, I mean, they stand by their values and locate stands by their values. I think that's, it's been really amazing to watch and hopefully their customers are better for it. I agree. Yeah. And I think guys, it's probably time to wrap her up. I think that's a great way to end it. Yep. I think this is really all about a time for morals and values yep. um, and, and standing up for, for those guys who need that help. Um, and it is, as you said, it, it's the upside down, right? We're in unusual times. Keep your head up, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys next Friday. Bye for now. Okay. Bye.